Hello and welcome once again to I Got That One, a university challenge appreciation podcast with me, Tom. And me, Yvonne. Well, it's episode two uh, for this podcast and also for university challenge for yeah. the year 2020-2021. Yeah, it looks like we made it to episode two. So we're really doing this, huh? Yes, we really are actually doing this. It wasn't <laughs> a one-off fluke that we decided to do for some reason. So uh, yeah, so this time we have the teams Leicester and Durham. And interesting statistics that we got from the very beginning of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Durham last won this game in 2000, so almost 20 20 years ago now, actually. And Leicester actually last won it back in 1963. Back when we lost JFK. Exactly. So that's how both of these universities were introduced. So it seems like each of them have won the contest at least once. But it's been quite a while. It's been, yeah, quite a while for for both of them. Yeah, and also, interestingly enough, Leicester won the first televised version of Mm, this uh, series. Exactly. Which would suggest that this was a radio program beforehand. Yes, yes, it was. Which actually would make sense because this would also work in radio format, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think it works fine uh, either way. I think a live format also works quite well. It was probably live on radio as well. Yeah. Uh, We we have obviously not listened to the very first versions because... We were not alive. (laughs) Well, yeah. And also, it's probably impossible to find because the BBC lost a whole lot of their archives uh, a while back. Oh, did they? Oh, my. Did you not hear about this? The first three seasons of Doctor Who... Uh, they only managed to find it again because they found syndication tapes in Africa somewhere. Oh my goodness, I, yeah. I didn't know that happened. Yeah, well, today you learned. Today I learned. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, enough uh, tangents about Doctor Who and the BBC not having good archiving systems. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the teams. Sure. First up, let's talk about Leicester. Yeah, so Leicester had an average age of 25. And um, I think there was a heavy concentration of scientists in their For team. Sure. So there was an astrophysics PhD, uh, one biochemistry student, one, I think, chemistry student, and yeah. uh, one uh, guy who was, I think, majoring in Victorian studies. So quite the, kind of the outlier. Definitely there. shifting heavy. And the only one who was not a postgrad was the biochem student, Clark. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, and also another thing I want to point out is uh, the captain Ooh, he's a handsome fella isn't he <laughs> yeah I thought so Purnell was the captain of the Leicester Tom Purnell team. from Yorkshire yeah and he had a very calm cool demeanor about him you know he never got too excited he always kind of approached every question with deliberation and consideration and yeah I think that kind of stood basically out to me. think Treebeard in a very nice sweater <laughs> well Treebeard is a little bit of a very <laughs> uh, kind of vivid imagery right there hey I'm trying to paint a word picture for our audience <laughs> yeah. but but also, he kind of looks like Oscar Isaacs as well. So yeah, 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 he does. He was just, ooh, a very attractive man. <laughs> All right, Tom. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. And uh, whereas a Durham team, average age of 21, so mm-hmm. definitely a lot younger, I think they were all undergrads. Uh, I think so. I think they were all undergrads as well. Including um, one who definitely looks like he was about 19 or 20. Yeah, you're talking about Reagan. No, was it Reagan or Parker? Uh, well, the, you're talking about the guy on the extreme yeah. left, right? Yes. That was Reagan. That was Reagan. Yeah, yeah. so I think uh, the Durham team also had, I think, a bit more of balance when it came to uh, disciplines. So one liberal arts, one history, uh, one physics and one uh, biology. So quite a balance. Yeah, quite a nice balance. Also female captain. So Yes, I was happy to see that. So yes. we've had actually two female captains um, one in uh, last week's round and one uh, this week's round so far it's 50% of course we'll see what happens there yeah, yeah. and also one more thing to know it's uh, once again all UK students mm, now that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they're going to be weaker it's just interesting to note mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. it's almost exclusively uh, UK students so far with yeah. only the uh, Glasgow team having non-UK students yeah exactly so uh, without any further ado let's do like uh, Paxo says and get 
into it. Sure. Uh, so I thought actually the the first few questions were very easy because I was able to get all of them, and that's yeah. usually you know that's a bad sign. I shouldn't be getting all of these questions. Well, hey, right? now you are more intelligent than you give yourself. <laughs> then I give myself credit. For. But well, yeah. Honestly, I think the first first two were definitely very easy. The they first were... one was a Da Vinci question. Which... Yeah. So I found that interesting because the answer was obviously Leonardo Da Vinci, but the question was such a roundabout question. It was hidden in a very eccentric manner. It was talking yeah. about the shopping list or to-do list from his journal about yeah, where then... the film to do, like measure a hummingbird's tongue and, and a triangle, something like that, something like that. And then you you only kind of get to the fact that he's. This is probably Da Vinci towards the end of the questions. So. When they reference someone called him the most curious artist of his time. Which, yeah, then that's kind of like, okay, I, I yeah. think I can understand. So you would have to be. know more about Da Vinci other than, oh, the dude that what did the Mona Lisa. No, this was a man who idly yeah. scribbled stuff in his uh, journals, which we draw inspiration on to this day. Yeah, I was thinking of the Vitruvian man. Not just that, the first helicopter, the first yeah, tank. Exactly. The yeah. first parachute was all stuff that he just designed. He's an amazing man, yeah. Definitely the peak uh, renaissance peak, man. Peak human. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, this is not a Da Vinci fan podcast. This not. is a University Challenge podcast. Yeah. And um, the second question was, again, quite an easy one. Yeah, it was about The Fault in Our Stars by John Green. No, that, those were the uh, team questions. The buzzer uh, yeah. question I can't remember anymore. But yeah, the first three questions, we both of us got very quickly and were kind of surprised at how easy it was to get. Yeah, exactly. But the team questions were much more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, you referenced the Voltina Stars question where I was like, okay, so the name of a young uh, adult novel about yeah. two kids uh, very... Voltina Stars. Then a hard uh, right to questions about a science question because it was referenced in the book. It's like, huh? Yeah, this is yeah. the link. Oh yeah, that that's true. The way they kind of approached that question was very very obscure, right? For sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, but honestly, I feel like overall there were some really interesting questions this round. I yeah. really enjoyed the picture round because this was. I remember saying last uh, episode that I wasn't a huge fan of the picture quiz because it wasn't a picture. Oh, that was last week's round. Yeah, yeah. but this one it was really clever. It was. Everything mm. but the sun of national flags blocked out, and you have to try and guess what the national flag is. Yeah, and that was a very nice take on that particular style of question because you start thinking about oh, which uh, countries have images of the sun, and it's not mm. just you know tropical countries. Some have other you know references. The sun is a common mythology thing, and exactly. And I think the sun for many countries signifies this new hope and the sure. birth of a new independent nation. So, what sorts of countries had that type of history? So that that makes it a very interesting question to kind of guess and confer over. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of conferring, uh, this is where I noticed that both teams struggled a little bit when it came to the team questions. Yeah, well... Mm-hmm. Durham was more consistent. They did get more of them correct. Mm-hmm. But Leicester, Leicester was interesting because they seemed to be buzzing more confidently. And I think they got more of the buzzer questions correct. But yeah. they got a lot more wrong as well. Yeah, I think they Leicester was off to a very good start. Yeah. Uh, so they got a lot of the starter questions correct. Like they struggled Faltered, on the team Yeah, questions. faltered a little bit on the team questions. And then towards the end, they did lose a fair few points on uh, buzzing in a bit too early. Yeah, for sure. And I think definitely it was Isles who buzzed. I think it was at least two times he buzzed in early and got wrong. Actually, the team captain as well. Yeah, that's true. He also lost points, mm-hmm. which again, you know, it happens. You know, sometimes you really think you know the answer but there's a little bit of information that you missed out on but it just goes to show it's a difficult um, thing you need to balance when you're doing the first buzzer question because 
you want to get it as quickly as possible because you need to be the other team but also you can't buzz too early because there could be vital information that you're missing out on yeah exactly well I thought that the Durham team actually almost everyone actually everyone from the Durham team buzzed on the starter questions yeah. um, and it wasn't any one of them buzzed the most I think yeah. almost all, I mean all of them buzzed at least two or three times for sure getting the questions right so I think that's also an indication of a very strong team definitely I think because the age gap is much less there so they feel more amongst their peers whereas yeah that's possible on the Leicester team I think only Clark was the non-postgrad mm-hmm. and she was the only one who didn't buzz yeah she was, she, she was the only one that didn't buzz off uh, yeah. all, all contestants and in week. fact apart from her introducing herself at the very beginning I didn't hear her speak mm-hmm. I mean she obviously was part of the uh, conferring but I don't know how much of an impact she actually had on uh, the choosing of the answers yeah which is a bit of a shame she seemed fun I liked her shirt <laughs> yeah it, it was, was, uh, was eye catching yeah it was a blouse with a little cat on like you know you have to be kind of fun to want to wear <laughs> that kind of thing on national TV mm. I think other than that most of the questions were fairly yeah they were fine mm-hmm. I think I don't think there were any particularly difficult questions I think until the yeah. ends there were some of the team questions where honestly I feel like they were better off later on in the competition because they were definitely asking some very specific little minute bits of information which I feel like I don't know maybe just because it's science stuff which I have known nothing about no but uh, overall uh, is there anything else you want to mention from the teams or the questions Mm, well I thought that uh, Banbury from Durham I was very impressed by his knowledge of classical music oh yeah there's always that one person on the team who knows a lot about classical music yeah and I always find this very impressive because you know it's classical music right Mm. it's something that you need to seek out. You it's not something you, you you come across on a daily basis. It's something that you have to have a passion for. Yeah, unless or something you're... that you must have been introduced to mm. by your parents or grandparents. And then you have to develop this this knowledge base around it. I always find that very impressive, especially from young people. If you are forced into learning uh, instruments from a young that's, age, that's you possible, tend yeah. to be at Like the piano aware. or cello or the violin. Yeah, I mean, I'm aware yeah. of certain suites from certain musicians because, you know, I mm. was made to learn a couple of instruments in my youth. Yeah. But hey, you know, it means that I learned to appreciate uh, box cello suites. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to say that it was wrong. It could come in think. useful someday. Yeah. For, you never know. Yeah, for talking about it on a podcast, for example. <laughs> exactly. It was very useful. <laughs> I guess yeah. we can start talking about the end of the uh, com- competition. Specifically, who won? Uh, so Durham won mm-hmm. uh, with uh, 180 points to Leicester's 125. Yeah. So it was actually the same spread as the previous uh, competition, 55 mm-hmm. points. You mean last round? Yeah, last round I meant, yeah. yeah. Well, I think last round the winning team, which was Glasgow, right? It was 200 to 145. Yeah, so they actually made it to the 200 mark. Yeah, whereas... Which I think is, you know, at, at a certain point, you know you're going to win. So how much do you win? You know, how successfully do you come out? Yeah. I think that, that, that starts to matter as well. For sure. But then especially so for the losing team, because if you are one of the top losers, you do get a second chance to come back. And honestly, I don't think we're going to be seeing Leicester for I a second time so, around. Yeah. 125 is, it's a bit on the lower side, it to is, be honest. It is, I, I think, um, you know, from this showing, I think, unfortunately, they may not have a chance to come back. But you never know. We'll, we'll have just, we'll just have to see. Yeah, and I think they'll be 
a bit frustrated with themselves because they lost at least 15 points from buzzing in too early. Yeah, and I also remember that Ailes being the astrophysicist. He got um, a lot of the physics questions wrong. Yeah, especially the astronomy questions. Yeah. I think um, maybe that those were designed particularly for people with that background. Uh, but yeah. then he didn't really get many of them right, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah, so but he got all the comics questions right. He did, he did. Uh, the comic questions and the mythology questions, he yeah. did really, really well on. But he strikes me as the kind of fellow who uh, really likes reading about that kind of stuff, which yeah. is a good thing. By the way, I'm also a person who is keen on that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, you're doing a PhD in astrophysics. You might need some escapism once in a while. Definitely. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Please, John Constantine, entertain me with your uh, battles <laughs> against the darkness. I don't want yeah. to think about exploding stars for one minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think, um, yeah, unfortunately, we may not see them again, but we'll see. Yeah. So do you think that it might be a pitfall of too much specialized knowledge, which is what did them in? Yeah, I think that's... Mm, I find that that's usually the case. You 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 can you see what we saw in this um in this case was that you can be very specialized, but still in the kind of tension and the stress of the moment, not even be able to get the questions relating to your specialization right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a risk. It's like putting all of your eggs in one basket. So a good strategy is always going to be having a good spread of specializations mm. and then having maybe each team member specializing in an, an additional three or four different topics. Yeah, I mean, this is you where... know, somebody classical, somebody knowing really well about classical music, somebody knowing a lot about, you know, astronomy or pop culture or, or music. I think that's that's always going to come in handy. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to point out, like circling back, is uh, what was interesting is that uh, the Leicester team captain, he's studying for a PCG, which is a certificates to become a teacher mm-hmm. okay and to my knowledge that's the first time i've no- known of someone on university challenge and that's the degree that they're taking i mean to be honest we've only seen what watch two, seen two but i'm talking about previous yeah previous two seasons that's still you know 70 odd teams mm. so unless you know someone mentioned it early on and i didn't notice that's yeah it's cool yeah i think it's cool i think he definitely has the demeanor of a, of a teacher yeah i would love to have him as a teacher <laughs> yeah Oh, I, I'm sure you would, Tom. Uh, hey, like, this is not a sexual thing, okay? I'm just saying because of, you know, his nice gentle tone. Yeah, yeah. I know. I think it always helps to have teachers who are calm and gentle and kind of, you know, not, not, not too fierce and not too scary. Also, I think that might have actually gone against them a little bit in this round as well. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. one thing I noticed was with the Durham team, when they knew the answer quickly for the team questions, mm-hmm. they were willing to interrupt Paxman to give the information. Mm. whereas the Leicester team, they would very patiently wait until he finished talking, even if they knew the answer. Yeah, so they could have lost some time there. Yeah, which, I mean, that's probably only going to save him maybe 5-10 seconds, but that could be the difference. Mm, yeah, that's true. I, I did find the Durham team coming in with a bit more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Reagan in particular, he, he buzzed in with a lot of energy. I think that that helped as well. Like yeah, you said, they got that whippersnapper with that you know, <laughs> youthful energy. Yeah, in. I mean, I think it definitely saved them a lot of time. It kind of gave them that momentum yeah. Um, and as, as they got more and more questions right, you could see that kind of energy and that joy, you know, working in their favour. Yeah, but honestly, I think the main difference between the two teams was just that Durham got fewer um, interruptions wrong. Mm-hmm. I think they only interrupted yeah. once incorrectly. Yeah, exactly. And losing points, especially when you're yeah. already neck and neck, that's almost a surefire way of, oh, of losing. Sure. Yeah. But um, honestly, I'm quite happy to see uh, Durham going through. Yeah, me too. And do you want to talk about the why we named this episode uh, what we named it? I got that one. Uh, no, this particular episode. Oh, yes. Um, so there was, you know, there's always going to be at least one category which makes you think, 
Huh? That's weird. That's a really and weird this question. This one was about wallpaper. Exactly. And the question in particular was a particular style you where you put cotton wool on uh, your wall and then you paint over it. Yeah. And, you know, in a panic, <laughs> the team captain says, everyone's grandparents got this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not true. My grandfather never had any of this in his house, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I don't think my grandparents had wallpaper either. But it's something that you associate with grandparents. Well, it's a very UK thing. It's something that people did in the 50s because they wanted to look all smart and upper class in their new prefab homes. And mm. so a cheap way to do that would be to make it look like you have stucco-esque uh, walls on the inside. Ah, okay. Which actually, when I was growing up, I had a friend who had a house where someone did the same thing, but they used oatmeal and stuck it to the <laughs> wall and then painted over it. I'm um, not joking. That sounds a little bit gross. Uh, well, I mean, there was no bad smell. And apparently they did it 30 years ago when I came in. So and it worked. It worked apparently perfectly it worked. fine. Yeah. Hey, you know, if there's no oxygen getting in to uh, start the decomposition, then. Mm. So uh, after having seen a Darren in action, do you think they have a long future in this um, um, game? Well, I was really impressed by their captain, Parkinson. Yeah. Um, I was impressed by all the team members, actually, just by how all of them buzzed in on the starter question. Yeah, they're a strong team for um, sure. You know, when they conferred, they worked together really mm. well. And the the final result was very strong. Uh, it was close to last week's uh, Glasgow team's um, result 20 as well. 20 points off, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think so far it seems like a strong showing, but we'll just have to wait and see more episodes to be able to gauge. Yeah, of course, it's far too early to say for sure. But honestly, I feel like they're not quite as strong as a Glasgow team. Mm. I feel there's something about the Glasgow team where it's not just that they gel well together, but they have a good, strong base of knowledge that covers everything. And I think they're a bit more quick to the task when it comes to answering questions. Mm. I mean, they did also waste a little bit of time near the end of their games, but I guess they it was more because they wanted to answer the questions rather than to, you know, yeah. uh, waste time for the opposite team. Yeah, but we'll just have to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's only two games down and we still have the rest of the first uh, round to go. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you once again for listening to this episode of I Got That One, a fan appreciation podcast. We'll be back again next week talking about the next round. And until then, it's goodbye from me, Tom. And me, Yvonne. So thank you and hope you join us next week.